What's up, everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and welcome to this beautiful Friday, episode 74 of Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments. Ping Pong provides marketplace sellers and entrepreneurs global solutions for controlling their domestic and international funds. An account with Ping Pong enables companies to significantly reduce their costs when receiving or making international payments all in one platform to make business profits. Uh, increase operational efficiencies, saves time, and allows sellers to manage their business profiles all in one platform. For more information, go ahead and check out that link below in the comment section if you are watching us live. Again, welcome everyone who's joining us on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Twitter. We appreciate you joining in, or if you're catching this later in the day, obviously Friday, uh, everyone likes to take their leisurely time. I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, no matter when you watch this show. But if you're watching live, welcome. Or if you're listening to us via download via Apple Music, Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, wherever you consume your product products or podcasts, that is where we'll be. Go ahead and just search Crossover Commerce by Ping Pong Payments. Uh, again, do me a favor, like, share, and follow this episode on social media. And if you hit that reminder button on the social profiles, Make sure you do that just because you don't want to miss a single episode of my show. I go live about four to five times per week so that there is constant, constantly flowing uh, all around the internet. Make sure that you tune in. You don't want to miss a single guest that I have on. So with that being said, if you can't catch us live, again, make sure you rate us or you mark that bell wherever you watch your podcast or subscribe to our social channels. Again, that's the easiest way to be notified, either Ping Pong Payments or Ryan Kramer. Just search me on uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook, or you can search for our Ping Pong Payment, or excuse me, Crossover Commerce uh, page. Just search Crossover Commerce with Ryan Kramer on Facebook, and that is our show page. Go and check it out there as well. But about our guest today, really excited to kind of cap our week off today with our four, uh, four guests. Um, Anatoly is actually a serial entrepreneur, a six-figure Amazon seller, an IT consultant, and host of 10 Million Journey podcast, where he shares his journey to scale his e-commerce business to $10 million. That's a great goal. And uh, along the way, he shares his ups and downs of his journey about being successful, but also sharing his uh, failures as well. So that's what we're going to talk about today, kind of the missteps that we uh, that we have he might have taken along the way and how, what he's learned from it and grown as a seller as well as an entrepreneur. But he was born in Eastern Europe, uh, realized his ambitions couldn't be uh, there where he was. So he moved to Canada at the age of 21, where he changed his career to business to software development, earned a position making six figures, uh, and developed his first consulting agency, Agile Consultancy, uh, where he helps IT teams become more efficient. That being said, he also wanted to be more independent, break away from a nine-to-five job, also, uh, so he developed that agency and consultancy, but he used his ability to develop and learn IT and also grew into Amazon business with his wife, uh, Anna, I want to say, or Anna, I'm going to say Anna, and hopefully that's all right with Anna Dolly. So Anna, uh, for three years now, they've both been growing their business on the consultancy side, as well as Amazon business to six figures already. Um, and again, he's also has a podcast, 10 million journey, um, as accountability tool where he shares his every step in interviews the best in the Amazon and e-commerce industry to pick their brain and, again, learn from uh, the people who are successful in the space. But go ahead and welcome to the show, Anatoly Specter of Tim Millie Journey. Anatoly, what is up, man? How are you? I'm amazing. Ryan, I love your show. So Thanks. I appreciate uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> man, yeah, we were, I, I'm killing it. Well, we, yeah, we, uh, what well, we meet over Instagram, like we, we both were like exchanging messages recently. I think that's how we first met and you had some awesome guests on and very similar circles. Um, and we got introduced to each other that way. So it was kind of a, a beautiful syncrasy. You're just on the other side of the freaking world, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, just, dark outside, like, so, yeah. I was going to say, so yeah, for everyone who's not, we didn't talk about like where you're actually located, where, where are you currently at? Because you're, you also taught this year a digital nomad. You're not currently still in Canada. You actually have decided to travel around the world because, you know, that's the beauty of Amazon. You get to do this yeah. wherever you freaking want, basically. 
Exactly. Yeah. Right now in Bali, Indonesia, it's a great place. I've uh, been two weeks. I love it so far. It's been amazing. Very, very warm. Lots of people, everybody masterminding. It's like a hub of people who trying to run away from COVID and just be like live a normal life and just uh, develop themselves. So it's been amazing. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. So, and you have not just your wife, but you have a one-year-old. Is that correct? A two-year-old. I have two-year-old. Two -year Holy yeah. cow! So, what, what's that also like? Also, yeah, with a dog, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, and you're traveling with your dog. Yeah. Uh, well, what's that like? Because not many people. So, we've had sellers on the show, right? Uh, traveling the world, digital nomads, and whatnot. That that term is loosely, you know, used now. But you are actually traveling around the world with not just yourself. Or like your wife, you're also traveling with the young kiddo as well as you know animals. So what's that like? That journey in terms of oh, trying to uh, trying to figure out what to do, especially in a time where travel is pretty difficult. Hundred percent. When we started two years ago, so it wasn't that difficult yet. So it's not like COVID hit and we're like, oh, let's go travel. Such yeah, an exactly. amazing time. Uh, no, we decided to go traveling when uh, I think my son was about three months. We're like, okay, now we're ready because we're like saving a little bit and we had this business. We transitioned consultancy to be remote, and then uh, Amazon Business started hiring people so they can help us out. So we set up the system, and then we're like, we're ready, and. Uh, it happened. We just uh, remove, uh, get rid of our lease, uh, lease uh, of apartment in Vancouver, and just sit in a plane and went to Europe. And uh, That's it, it was fine. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, uh, we prepared for it, I guess, <laughs> beforehand. But overall, it's just. That's why it was. And then we we're, we're already there. And then we spend about a month at every place. We don't go like hopping like crazy people uh, or like free people who don't have children do, I guess, because right. uh, they need to adopt and stuff. And he was very young at the moment. Now we spend more time. We like we find nanny. Uh, we find uh, all those groups like social groups for the kid everywhere we go so he can hang out. With the dog, it's harder because there needs to be a lot of documents. So one time we get turned around airport because the dog didn't have vaccine. Uh, one of the like vaccine expired, and then right. yeah, it's it's harder. So the dog right now staying with my wife' parents in Latvia, where we're from, because you cannot take it to Bali. But she was everywhere else. Like this dog traveled more than <laughs> a lot of. Oh my gosh! So so, so this is a, is this a tiny dog? Is this a bigger animal? Like yeah, this what, is like a mini dachshund. It's a mini uh, dachshund. It's, it's a tiny dog. She's always with us in like a carrier. We never like put her in like a baggage place or whatever. I would be very scared because I love the dog to death. So I don't want anything yeah. happen to dog. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, we have a dachshund beagle mix. So a very small oh. dog, but she is a tiny human. So basically a second child. Um, yeah. And she is a very pouty all the time. She grumbles and she is constantly <laughs> needing attention. So again, like a baby. <laughs> yeah, same here. But, same here so. <laughs> So, so uh, traveling around, you, you've done this close to two years. What, yeah. where have you been? Like, what are the places? Like, hit me up. Where, where are we talking about? Yeah, so I think we start with Israel. It's one of my favorite places on earth. So if people can uh, go to Israel, go to it. It's just amazing. The the beach is great. The food is great. The people are amazing. Everything is good about Israel. Then we went to back home to Latvia, stayed a little bit there. Then went to France, lived there in Dijon, France, where all the best wines are. And I was studying wine. So for me, it was very interesting to live in Burgundy, try the best wines. Uh, then I quit drinking after that because the wines were so good. Uh, then we went to <laughs> like Spain. nothing can top nothing can top that, right? Yeah, just nothing. So they went to Spain and then we're like on the south coast of Spain last uh, winter. It was very good. We went to uh, Malaga, which is really, really nice. Uh, then went to Portugal, Lisbon. We did some surfing there. We lived there for quite some time. And then we get stuck during COVID in Latvia because they closed the borders. We decided to go to Bali a year ago. And we we're like, we just bring a dog to parents, uh, to honest parents. And then we're just going to go to Bali and they close the borders in Latvia. So we stayed for five months back in Latvia, the place where I decided to leave and uh, go to Canada and not come back for like extended periods of time. And then when they opened, we went back to Portugal. Then we went to Budapest, amazing, amazing place uh, in, in Hungary. And uh, then uh, Portugal again, and then Valencia, which is an amazing Spanish uh, city. And now we're in Bali. 
Man, that's a lot. That's that's yeah. awesome that you're able to go and see all those places. And again, if you're watching online, again, go ahead and uh, give us a shout out. Like, ask your questions for Anatoly and uh, or about like his wife and his business because it's a joint tandem team. We've had a couple of a uh, couple of husband and wife teams on the show too, so that's been been pretty common actually. It feels like that if one person they're going to do as a business together, like everyone jumps in uh, head first. So it's kind of a commonality I've seen, but, uh, again, on LinkedIn, like I said, uh, nice to hear from you too, uh, Vijay, uh, and everyone around the world. Again, it's early on the West coast time. So I don't, I don't blame people being it's early or I should say late for you, but still a little bit early here in the United States. So, but yeah, uh, we appreciate it. on a Friday. It's a little more relaxed. We, we keep it pretty chill, but yeah, we, so your journey is interesting. So you started your consultancy, you moved it to a little bit more of a, it was it focused, which is, I don't think many people have like this IT background that I've interviewed yet. So what was that like becoming a consultant for IT? What 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 does your agency or your consultancy yeah. technically do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it all started when I was in Latvia. So when I was uh, growing up, at some point I realized I'm completely lost. Latvia is a post-Soviet Union country. It's pretty grim. So imagine those movies where, like, uh, you see Soviet, everybody is like the same, uh, wearing <laughs> the same things, and it's like very, very grim. So that what that what USSR was. So when it collapsed, it was much better but still a lot of the same because people are used to live the same way and i haven't seen good entrepreneurial uh figures uh back in latvia that much because people who were making money were people who are either like criminals or politicians or something like that so latvia is uh was not really like entrepreneurial hub or something like that and right. uh, growing up i was completely lost at some point i was like i don't know what to do with my life and um like my dad said, why don't you study business? Because everyone does in Latvia. So I studied business and I was like, I still have no idea what I'm doing with my life. And at uh, I think at uh, 20 or 21, I was like, I need to leave. I just need to leave and go somewhere else and try something because I don't know how I can continue. I just party all day. I don't go to university. I do nothing. I'm just wasting my life. So I went to Canada and then it was my first uh personal decision, I would say, because before that, my parents would decide because I didn't care. And then in Canada, I would be like, okay, uh, now I need to decide what I'm going to do. And I would see and in Canada, there are people who are entrepreneurs, people who are also not only like economists or lawyers. And I'm like, I'll probably do something that I'm good at. And I would be coding on the side and i'll be like hmm, i'll just code i'll just go to software development and uh, i went to college not like university because i did not want to study the theory i just wanted to do it because i was pretty good at that already i was you want like, to practice uh, say yeah you don't want to do theory yeah i was uh, introverted and uh i would just sit at home uh, when i in latvia and i would just code them by myself because there was nothing to do like i would uh, either go party or go go code so then i started as a career and uh i that was a good match i think that was one of the best decisions because uh, i would get a job in about a year already in in school i would get like one of the best jobs they would pay me a lot and then after school there would be a lot of i guess need for people like me who can code and i would go to this amazing companies they would hire me and i would work for them it would be like wow that would be great so like one of the top companies in the world i worked a lot a lot of companies in the 10 years while i was like uh, in it and uh one thing that bothered me there uh, that I work for somebody else. Like every time I would sort of uh, have all my soul given to the company and then they would make bad decision and then they would either like go bust or they would have to lay everyone off and then I would be like, damn it, I love this company so much. I spend so much time with them. I like, I build their systems and stuff like that. And then I would just, uh, yeah, I would be heartbroken really a couple of times. I would like, I, I cannot do it anymore. I need to have something on my own. So I started uh, and uh um, so I progressed from software developer to manager and then to person who helps teams to coordinate together and work well. So let's say in an IT team that could be developers, designers, product managers, stakeholders. And for owner, let's say it's hard to understand how it all works together. 
So they would hire people like me, and I was starting doing that in a company I worked in, who can coordinate all of this together, who can look at this complex systems of people and make sure they work together as a single unit very well. So I started doing consulting. I started doing YouTube videos about it, and then people started hiring me saying, why don't you come and help me out? I helped the government of Jamaica. I helped some startups. I helped a bunch of uh, work with the government of Canada. So yeah, with big companies, small companies, I would just go, and I still do it. Um, I would just go and help teams out. And then, so when you still, when you say when yeah. you say help them out though, like what what does that mean? Yeah. Like is is so it just we'll like infrastructure or like what mm -hmm. what is that? So uh, I would come in and then we would do trainings. We would see how they work and then we would analyze how they work and then um, we would give some tips and give some frameworks how to work together as a team, like what meetings to have, how to sync up, how to make, how to be transparent, how to adapt to change, how to report to your stakeholders, how to make sure everything is visible, your, your, like what you do is visible, your, uh, what you work is like, because uh, developers... They can sit down and work for, I don't know, years, and you won't see any work. They'll just be working on it. They're like, oh, it's good, it's good, everything is amazing. But stakeholders need to see the results. They also need to drive this. So I would uh, help them with frameworks, how stakeholders can be part of this process as well. So from every single angle, I would help teams to communicate and coordinate uh, their work well. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Almost and like that, a, almost like SOPs and you know more processes yeah. and making sure everyone's on the same page. That makes sense. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So and that's very needed because I was actually today at some party and the guy was telling me how he hired a developer, paid him thirty thousand dollars, and after two months he would say, you know what, I can't show you anything because uh, everything I did is unfinished but I need another $30,000. And then uh, he would give it again and he would disappear. So at some point the guy said, you know what, I think I cannot do it because I don't have enough skills. And then he just left. And the guy didn't have any code, nothing back. He had so nothing, he but he invested $60,000. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So I'd be like, well, that's where, that's where I come in uh, and say, I'll figure out how you guys work together well. So he doesn't waste money, and this guy uh, works in a way that everybody sees what he does. So it would be a good example of uh, exactly what problems I, I do solve as a consultant. That's awesome. And so I build it to six figures. I have lots of clients. I guess I have less clients now uh, because I just uh, client work is hard, man. <laughs> you were telling me before this, you value sleep. You need to yeah. you gotta take some yeah. time away. But then on the other side of things, you also have... You also have Amazon. So where, where did Amazon come into play? Like, what, what was yeah. that like? Uh, consultancy is great, but I have to be dependent on other accounts, other people around yeah. the world. I think they started well, also at the same time, actually. Uh, I was just a okay. entrepreneur, like, really hard. So I remember at one company, I was still working full-time. I was running with one guy, and he's like, maybe let's do some try something, try something else. And we're like, we're employees of that company, but we're like so fed up because we knew that new management would come. And I think this guy just got fired from the company. Uh, and I would be like, okay, let's try something. So we try, he's like, let's try drop shipping. And I'm like, what's drop shipping? He's like, drop shipping is just like, you don't need any inventory. You just put, uh, you just talk to manufacturers and ask them for their list of products. And then you put them on Shopify store and then people buy from you and then you buy from, from them. And I'm like, wow, let's try that. Uh, that so any investments, nothing. It's uh, and then I'm like, I think it comes down to two things: uh, driving traffic through ads and having expensive products to get some margins on. But then we're like, let's pick product. What we're we gonna sell? And like, uh, then for some reason we picked storage sheds. Like, you know the huge sheds you put in your garage. I don't know what the hell we're talking You picked the biggest. You picked the biggest product to sell and ship. Yeah, because we're like, oh, we don't care. We don't have an inventory anyway. Let's pick storage sheds. And then we're like, okay, so we we like we created this Shopify store. We made it running. At that one point, we start getting calls. People are calling me. They're like, hello. I'm like, hello. How do I assemble that shed that I bought? And I'm like, uh, what? Uh, I mean, uh, I have it in front of me, but I have no idea how to assemble. So this is your number, right? This number, I bought it from you. So how do I assemble that? 
And if you know me, if you give me IKEA table and instruction, I would not assemble it ever. So just useless. I'm like completely useless. And this guy's calling me about storage. And I'm like, damn it, I need to understand the products I sell because otherwise it doesn't work. And then other people call like, how do I put a boat in this shed? Like I have this big boat. I need, I need to put it in the shed. Can I? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Can you <laughs> try that? <laughs> sure, go for Why it. Why don't you try that? Yeah, <laughs> go for it. Don't worry about it. Like, or somebody's like, I have this weird screws. Uh, I don't have yours. I have the other ones. Can I use them? And I'm like, I don't know. Can you <laughs> try, try it? Uh, yeah. yeah. Let me know how that so goes. Would, <laughs> yeah. So I have all those people calling me, and then I would redirect it to my wife, and she would redirect it to other to this business partner. And would go like rounds and rounds. Very stressful. Hold we'll please. Yeah. Money. <laughs> yeah. Just hand the phone the off to the next person. <laughs> <laughs> the Facebook ads would eat up all the margins, so we would get like nothing, and uh, it would be so stressful. And I would, I would. I hate customer support from that. I never do customer support in any of our businesses anymore. But uh, that was stressful. And then I remember we sold one shed for like 7,000 bucks once. We're like, wow, now nah, nah, we're making it, finally making money. Like and a, then we yeah. calculated the margins, we would get like 25 bucks each. <laughs> we're like, damn it, this is like the worst business you can go to. So we, and then uh, this business partner, like, I don't know. And we were like, with this business partner, we did the same thing. Like, we just walked and like, we 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 had the same passion. We like just like product development. We didn't like anything else. So we did not have those skills. When you like, I have one skill, he has another one. So we are good, like good symbiosis of things. We didn't have right. that. So we would start arguing all the time, and I'd be like, damn it, I have partnership issue. I have customer support issue. I'm just completely screwed. So it's thankfully he decided to leave at some point. Because remember, me and my wife were sitting there like, hopefully he leaves and then we can close the business because man, <laughs> we just hate it. This is terrible. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so closed it. So that yeah. was a storage show. How long do you guys do that? And like after uh, all that time? A year, a year, year, a wow. year and a half, something like that. So we, yeah, we went, we didn't think that we just can close it and do something else because investment wasn't the bad, but uh, probably should close it earlier. But that was a great entrepreneurial sort of understanding that you need to do customer support. You need to understand your products well. And uh uh, you need to understand margins well, you understand accounting well. So there's a lot of things that that we use uh, afterwards to start an Amazon business. And remember, we were like me and my wife. This guy left, and then we're like, okay, now he left. Now, now let let's close it because there's like no shame in it. So we close the business, and then um, at some point we we watched um, the ad for the course, and we're like uh, the Amazon course. The because then we were smart. We're like now someone needs to teach us because at the dropshipping we knew nothing and then we failed so now we need to find good mentors so we found the course expensive course about four or five thousand dollars let's invest we decided to invest our savings we didn't have money savings at the time we decided to invest our savings to just go for it we're just gonna go for it we're gonna do everything so uh, even after a failed product or a failed like hey we're not gonna make we didn't make money for a year yeah who, who's yeah, whose yeah. choice was that was that just a joint decision you guys were just yeah, like just we're just joint. gonna jump I mean, in yeah, and I was working full time at the moment. I was like earning a lot, so that didn't really. We did not really sort of. It wasn't the crazy end game. That that storage just didn't go well. So we're like, okay, let's try Amazon. And then we bought a course, and the course says find something that sells well. Now we're gonna go to my failures because I'm the guy who shares failures. Not too many do. Like I don't have Lamborghinis. I just have some failures to show. But I think those are the best ones. Like failures. Right. Failures teach you the most. So I'm going to tell you a big failure of mine. And uh, yeah, there you can laugh at so, me later. No, so yeah. you invest $5,000 in the course, which for everyone who's watching this, or if you're not familiar with courses, like that's not atypical. There is a lot that people charge for that much, which is good content. You can also find content that's free. I think a lot more people are, you know, it's somewhere in the middle where people yeah. find value and the value comes from either they know that person they want to find success. And if they help to invest a little bit more, typically it comes with like mentorships, some sort of community. like helping one-on-one -on -one community. So you're buying different kinds of value in those kinds of contexts. But like that, I mean, that's, that seems pretty typical. So you yeah. buy a course, this is what year that, by the way, uh, this was about 2016, I think. Okay. So, so 2016 we were... you bought the course, you're learning about it. Something like that. 16, 17, so, yeah. Four, four to five years ago. Yeah, yeah. So we're learning about it, and they say, uh, find something that sells. 
and then sell this thing, which makes sense. Find right. someone that's already selling, sell this thing. We're like, okay, let's do it. Uh, we, uh, I went, started looking, 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 and I'm pretty good at that. I love searching for products. I still sometimes do that, so I should do it less, and I will talk about it why uh, after I tell a story. So at some point, uh, we're like, okay, we found about 10 products, and we narrow it down because then you need to narrow it down. There's some criteria you need to follow. I don't remember the criteria exactly, but they all met the criteria, and then we found one, which was green binoculars. So green binoculars for kids. We're like, hmm. Green is good color, selling well, so we should sell green binoculars because uh, this is a color. Uh, weird logic, but that's how we thought at the moment. That's how, I mean, and I don't have any entrepreneurial background. I just I just want to say that. So people who are laughing at me right now, please continue laughing. I don't mind. Um, and then we're like, okay, what do we need to add something to? We need to bring value to people. Like there's some green binoculars there. Let's, let's add something. So we added, we're like, we... Um, we decided to source it. So we sourced it. We found a one manufacturer. We're like, what else do you have? What can you add to it? And they're like, we have this um, like this black magnifying glass, just small one. We're like, oh, magnifying glass, amazing. Just add that. Let's do that. We didn't do any research. We didn't think if somebody likes magnifying glass, does that make any sense? Is it black a good color for, for this combo? No, nothing. We're just like, let's add it because it makes sense because they have it. So then we had it. Um, I have an image of it, and uh, maybe I'll just send it to you that you guys can take a look at some point later right. uh, of, of this product. I still keep it. I even have a presentation I sometimes do about my failing products. I show them all. So, uh, so we created this nicely packaged uh, magnifying glass and uh, and binoculars, green binoculars with a blue on the side. It's called uh, Explorer Supplies for Kids. We call it that way. And uh, it took us five months to launch, even though it was like everything was ready. It wasn't like a custom mold, but it still took us, I guess, five months. So then uh, at some point, we're like, boom, and it's on Amazon. It was one of the best days in my life. My product appeared on Amazon. We're like, now it's going to be rich. You can search now for it, and it's there. People can buy it. Yeah, yeah. That was just blew my mind. And then uh, now you're expecting how I tell you stories, how I sell it like millions and millions. And there's like zero sales. And if you go, if you went to page one at the moment, at that time, for green for kids binoculars, there would be the identical green binoculars for the whole page, and people would be just <laughs> selling those binoculars. Uh, so it was just nothing but just green binoculars. And we, at at the moment, I did not understand that, but now I understand, and I think that's that's like a golden nugget people should who are watching us and who are picking their first product. You need to do one thing. Just do it. If you have a product, just do it. Follow, follow what I'm saying. Just do it. Um, just uh, take a screenshot of Amazon's first page. Then uh, take your product and Photoshop your product to the first page. And then ask yourself two questions. Question number one, Will does this stand out? Not for you, but for people who don't know your product. Does this stand out? If it's a green binocular and a sea of green binoculars, it does not stand out. Just saying. And the other question is, let's say it has zero reviews. Would you, with zero reviews, buy that? So if you can answer yes to those two questions, you can launch it. If you don't, uh, I don't know. And if you think, if you say yes, I recommend you check it with other tools. I use a tool like called Pickfu or Ask Your Mom or ask somebody. Don't show your product. Just say, which Not one in that order, buy? but start with yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's Just, so interesting. So... Didn't, didn't realize why green. Again, I think a lot of people say, don't start with green. Uh, to, I think that's what a lot of people say. Like, you don't sell products that are green. I think it's almost like what, yellow? No, yellow and blue? Well, I forget what the, no the actual like pleasant colors. I heard this. So this is the funny thing. Like on Clubhouse, like you hear all <laughs> these things thrown around and like they're from very smart people to sell. And like everyone's been touting like these color palettes. And I was like, I didn't even think about color, but you were like, you're very poignant on the screen binoculars. And I didn't think like, Hey, for some reason, especially in this niche, this is why I think about if it's for a kid, your kids live and die. They'll buy literally everything by their favorite color. And if it's green, hell yeah, they're going to buy green binoculars. So that makes sense to me. So, so that I'm getting there mentally, but you're saying your product bought from the supplier is the exact same as everything else on page one, pretty much almost identical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So green might not be the problem. 
uh, you can do green binoculars. You just do them differently. Just have something unique. Your product needs mm -hmm. to stand out. It needs to be unique. It needs to be the reason why why people are buying yours if you have zero reviews. Like yeah, maybe people, I would add something. I would actually look at keywords right now. If I would do it again and look at keywords, like what do people buy? Let's say they buy a compass. Kids, kids like compass. And nobody's selling binoculars and compass. I would then check on some, I don't know, on some forums. I would see and I would ask people, uh, what do you think? Would your kids like it, like binoculars and compass? Or I'd go to tools and yeah. I would like... What do uh, kids like to do them? when they're playing like adventure or yeah. something like yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. And you, yeah. they would like list off a bunch of like things like, yeah. oh, this and this. Yeah. You would package them together naturally. Yeah. yeah. And then I would, I would, I would, um, I would sell them that way. But uh, same binoculars. Also, I would not sell the same binoculars anymore because that that would not work. So I would, I would com do completely different. So we would have zero sales for a long time, and uh, we bought about two hundred units, invested about thousand dollars, so not too much. And at some point, I remember. Uh, I was staying in a lineup for a ski lift in Whistler, and I would uh, I would look at my Sales Central app, which is app which shows your sales, and I would have like seven sales one day, and I'd be like, "Damn it, I'm finally getting it! Somebody's buying it's my happening!" <laughs> yeah, I'm you shout out really loud in the mountains. Yeah, it's exactly. happening, everyone. Exactly, Sorry. and then for about a week we would get uptick in sales. So we'd get like five, seven, five, seven, like, yes. But we only have 200 units, what are we gonna do? So we had a quick meeting, we're like, we need to order more right away. So we put a uh, we we put a down payment, or I guess we ordered another thousand units and we put $10,000 down. And then when we did that, in about a week, the sales went back to zero. So I think what happened, maybe our competitors went out of stock, maybe the algorithm, they decided to play with an algorithm, something changed that our binoculars was favorable for a little bit of time. And then the uh, sort of the reality came back knocking at our door and then it would just have a big order of thousand and then we would have zero, uh, zero sales again, which was wow. terrible. So a couple of things I learned. And uh, one big thing I learned is well, if you make your initial order more, then you can look for longer patterns. And then I think the long run pattern is about a month. So you need to look at the month span of sales, not like a day or a week span of sales. So if I would do it differently, I would probably order right away more units so I can just test it more and see, oh, should I order more or not? Also, my margins were really bad. Like it cost about the each binocular was $10 and we're selling for about 25. So for Amazon, this is not ideal. Um, and yeah, so in the end, the end being the end, uh, we would uh, have those binoculars that weren't selling uh, well or at all. So we'd have to spend all the time on PPC, which is pay-per-click. And then at some point, we'd just have to drop the price so low that we were not making any money and then we'd spend 12 months selling them out. So terrible story, terrible fail, but lots of learnings. I still think that for 10,000 bucks, this is a really good school of like learning business. And this is real and this is very raw. So you don't get that in like Harvard or anywhere, anywhere you are. And we took this uh, knowledge and then we launched a second product that did sell with zero reviews. If you're like probably in your, um, in your podcast, as in mine, people ask me all the time, how do I get reviews? Well, how do you get initial reviews? It's so hard to get initial reviews. Here's my answer. If your product is really good and stands out, you don't need it. The products we launch with zero reviews, they start selling anyway. Because if you're selling the same thing, maybe you don't should sell, shouldn't sell it anyway. If you are right. struggling with those beginning reviews that nobody's buying yours because you don't have any reviews, I think you need to think about your products and your positioning. And you need to think, how can I really make it stand out and different? And then yeah. people will buy it. Because if it's it, different, it's nothing like this. It's not page one. People will buy it. Right, exactly. And people are, you're finding a product that's fi fixing a problem at the end of the day. You're, when someone's searching on Amazon, they've either done the research already, more than likely, great right, on Google or like what's a top product. And the destination where they're going to make that purchase is going to be on Amazon, more than likely. That's where a lot of people yeah. have been trained to do. That product's going to somewhere exist on Amazon, theoretically. And so they go there, they search exactly what they want, like green binoculars in this case, because my child's like, what do you want for your birthday? Oh, I want green binoculars. Like, okay, go to Amazon, search green binoculars. Boom, there it is. So you buy something that's there that fits the product. If there's competition, of course, you're going to go with like, oh, wh which one's been around the longest, has the best reviews most recently, so on and so forth. And like psychology kicks in there. 
But if it's new yeah. and you're like, if it's like green binoculars with like, like a solar, uh, you know, or with like a bundle, like you said, then, then you di- differentiate yourself. And then yeah. if you're the only product that's there, yeah, people more often or not are going to say like, that's exactly what my child or kid wants. And that's what I'm going to purchase. Boom. Purchase. Also, they, uh, listen to me, they might get a little bit in the wrong way to differentiate is a, on a, if not, if let's say the other ones has eight, eight X zoom and you are like 12 X zoom, that's not enough because people on Amazon, they're buying by main image. You cannot show 12 X zoom on your image and probably people, the kids doesn't, doesn't, don't care anyway, but, uh, yeah. Or like, let's say somebody's selling some leather products and they have like vegan leather and that's the only differentiating thing. They have the same thing, but just vegan leather. It's amazing. I think vegan leather should be there and it's really, really good. But for Amazon standpoint, this is not a big differentiator because your main image does not show that. So, so what, what's, yeah. what's the, what's the thing that will be the main difference? Like what does something have to do to be a distinguishing factor? So you learned this, that you have to well, differentiate yeah. yourself. What what's what uh, does it take to be different? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I can tell you about my product number two, and that's how we applied it to be let's, completely. Let's uh, bring it to us. We're let's throwing go. product at people, so like everybody is now. Oh, let's let's go Green binoculars. Let's sell that. I don't recommend. Uh, so here's a second product. The second product we're like, okay, one of our friends were dealing with some uh, issue, and uh, she was like. Uh, she had issues getting pregnant and she had had this condition called PCOS, which is polystic syndrome, cis, something like that. So a uh, female, no, that's like a very common thing and uh, females struggle with it a lot. So we're like, okay, so what do you use? And she used this uh, thing called inositol and inositol helped her with her condition. So inositol, there would be like, uh, there are two uh, types of inositol. One, one is myo and one is dechiro. And when you when I googled it, it would they would always people buy them together or they would go together. Something that people sort of they are like one and the other. <laughs> They're mm-hmm. like two pieces of the puzzle, and people would buy one bottle and the other bottle. Nobody at the at the moment would uh, sell them together. And if you would look at those um, packaging, everything would be like very strict, like uh, pharmacy like. So what we did, we combined Mayo and the Cairo inositol in one pill, so you don't have to take two pills. And we made it a very pinkish and very nice-looking bottle of supplements. So fem- like it would pop up right away. So, so this is something was- that was going to help solve a problem to help women yeah. get pregnant or get pregnant. like Either get in, pregnant in or okay. with this condition of PCOS. So okay. gotcha. I, don't quote me on that. So, uh, But PCOS but- for sure. So you're PCOS, selling this in the United States. You're yeah. where are you sourcing from in this case? The United, United States or somewhere States. else? United okay. States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we found uh, amazing manufacturer in the United States, and they had those two products. They're already selling them, so they were happy to just combine them in the same doses that people are taking them. And this is essentially was that that was it. That was nothing super hard. So about taking it. two separate things, you're taking one. Yeah. Now they're just okay. taking one. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, the packaging was really nice because it was very pink, very appealing, and it will pop up right away. So we go to page one, it will pop up right away. I can send you a screenshot of that as well. You can just share it later because uh, I have it in my presentation. I do like presentation. I show all those yeah. products. Um, so, yeah, and that's that was different. So here's where we start selling with zero reviews. We would just sell like this like hot potato because nobody had it people did not need reviews even like oh supplements need reviews because how would i ingest it people do ingest it with zero reviews uh and they were it's work it was working fine it's working amazing for female they would be writing a thank you uh it's so convenient it's so good and then you would this ball will speak to them so this is how you can be different in the same sort of uh, without too much innovation combining two things that people already buy together and we found it out by looking at frequently bought together on amazon uh we also looked at um i think i looked at google i usually say that uh, i would start typing like me nazital with and it will say the cairo nazital so is how i found that people like how to complete it uh, so this is how I found it. And there are keywords there as well on Amazon. I like use Helium 10 to check it out and, and find that there was keywords supporting it. So yeah, that was product number two. 
successful. It was amazing. Pretty uh, very successful. successful. Very successful until uh, at some point we get uh, email from Amazon. They said, hello, you're, uh, and we're making a bunch of money at that point. Uh, I think $10,000, $15,000 from the product alone uh, a month. And then we would get email from Amazon. It would say, hello, we removed your listing. Uh, because you're using some claims that you cannot use. And we're like, no, we're losing all this money now. Uh, we're using some claims and we, like, we're new. Everybody's using something. We just copied the uh, title from everyone else. So uh, we're using the word PCOS, which people cannot use. And everybody on the first page, of course, are using it, including us. But they, like, we were the first one who get suspended. They were like, now show us how would you fix it. And we removed the word PCOS and we're like, we fixed it. Here you go. And they were like, no, there's still lots of claims. We're like, what do you mean? There's no claims. Uh, so then, uh, we'll, and it would be like five weeks later. So it reply five weeks later every time. So it takes five weeks to review this title, which is crazy. Uh, so then we'd hire a lawyer saying, can you please review that? And they're like, okay, there's no claims. We're like, there's no claims. And we start arguing with them. And then we send a message five weeks later, they reply. But that moment, like our- And all this our, time that you're- yeah, all this time your listing is not up. You're not making revenue. Yeah. This is the only product on Amazon at this time, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we would be just removing something and they're like, check that. Maybe that's a claim because there's no claims. We know because lawyers said there's no claims. Then we're like, somebody's sending us a uh, right to Jeff at Amazon.com. We're like, Jeff, this is ridiculous. We don't have any claims, blah, blah, blah. So Mr. Bezos. Please yeah. reply now. <laughs> yeah, then we get a reply from Jeff's team. So I was like, this is executive team. We read very carefully your listing. You're selling something that's prohibited to sell by any law anywhere. Like, what? Everybody's like selling it. What are you talking about? And this will never be instantiated. Just uh, don't write to us again. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Everybody's selling it and it's completely legal if everything is good. So they just don't read your stuff at all. So five months it took us to just go back and forth and at some point i was like i'm done i'm done with amazon and with all of this i'm just gonna do my last thing i'm gonna remove the whole description and everything and all the images just leave one image and i'm just gonna upload it again and if that doesn't work whatever so i did that and i think if five weeks they're like oh you're listening us back you don't have any claims anymore and we're like what the hell and then i just put everything back and they never touched us again. So, so was was work, some yeah, I was gonna say what was what was the thing that was pinging it so that it was I don't you know. know. I think the bot just caught it and then did not was not didn't want to release it and they don't know. Like nobody knows what's the problem. We're like, what is the issue? What is the claim? Tell us the claim. We cannot tell you the claim because they don't know. Because like I think what, some what, bot just so it, so after all this, it was the same listing, you took everything down. Almost like scraped it. I removed, I was, I was yeah, saying. I just removed. And this is like a hack that can save somebody just uh, a lot of, like if you're listening and you're in this, um, in this, in the same boat. So just remove everything from description and from bullet points, um, give it to them, and then re upload it. If you don't have any claims, they won't touch you anymore. So this is crazy. This is like a crazy thing we live in. Yeah. Uh, and Francois, yeah, friend of the show, he said, Did you submit this to Seller's Central Support? Is that uh, you yes. said that you sent that off to them and they didn't help you fix it? They said that yeah, yeah. makes like claims everything cases, like that. Yeah, seller support back and forth, back and forth. We had about a hundred cases open, so it was like crazy. We went back and forth, uh, our lawyers from back and forth. But uh, yeah, the only thing that did it was just just this weird thing. But then the problem is when we went back, uh, there was lots of people now selling this. In five months, so many people jumped on this, and the people already started getting like hundreds of reviews, and uh, they were like decreasing the price, and then we could not catch up anymore. So we would just lose this. I think there was it would be like half million dollar product uh, because of this damn thing. And my fault was that because I did not realize that I, I should just not like argue with them. Right now, I don't. I just don't argue with them. I just do what they say, and then I revert back. Um, but yeah, that was like uh, even worse. If binoculars didn't work, this worked. But then we got in this freaking war and that just killed the morale, killed everything. We were like so devastated. At that point, we also launched another product that went well using the same principle. Find like how to stand out, how to be different. So we launched another product that did sell well and uh, that helped us a little bit. But sorry, but... Man, that was that was devastating.
So in this time, uh-huh. you're fighting for five months. Yeah, and Francois was asking the next natural question. Like, he, he and I think the same. What would you do with the excess inventory? Do you burn it? Or like, it, what, what's no, kind of the... There. It was there. It just sat, it just did, sat in yeah. inventory, an FBA yeah. facility. Yeah. You just kind they of say, ate the cost. Remove your inventory. We did not until, until the case was closed, which wasn't closed. So the other way you could do this now and understand that you could probably create another, uh, create another listing. Uh, and then just send your inventory to your warehouse, repackage it, put the new labels in, and then send it back. So you could probably do something like that as well. So there are ways to do that I just didn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, This is back was, in 2018 probably? What, 2019? About 2018, 18? yeah. 20, yeah. 2018, yeah. Interesting. Uh, so that, yeah, at that point, we're like, uh, we launched different products that also issues. Like I had so many issues. I like, I have, again, I have a presentation. I talk about all those issues for like an hour. I just list so many things. Like I struggled with everything. One time we had inventory that all melted and then the melt inventory will, will was sent to people. At, the, at one time we had supplier just uh, saying, your your product, we made it, but it's faulted. And I don't have money to make to remake it. So I'm just going to take your money and your product. And it was USA supplier. And they, like, we paid them $12,000 and they left. He just start, stopped picking up the phone. So we have lawsuits coming with them. Uh, so things like that. And people are like, oh, that happens in China only. Like, China is a place where, like, things happen like that. The worst thing that happened to us was with U.S. suppliers so far. So, and I'm not saying that all suppliers are bad in U.S. Right. I'm just saying that uh, it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter if it's U.S. It can happen no matter, matter. Yeah. yeah, what country, what supplier, and things like that. Yeah. Um, Francois, who actually, uh, if you don't know them, they're uh, with Novaland. He, they help with like logistics and three PLs and whatnot. But he also had the question: Does Amazon dispose of it within sixty days of your listing being taken down? Isn't that a common Whenever, practice now? I don't know. Maybe it is. I, I but they know. didn't. It they didn't get rid of any product because it was an no. open claim, and no, I think it was open. Yeah, it was open to sort of. It was open case. That's why they did not. Um, I'm, I'm curious, know. yeah, to hear from their point of view why, if you can get like their point of view, if they can look back and they're like, "This is why we still kept it." I mean, like yeah. that'd be good to know, obviously, in terms of like case case studies and whatnot for yourself to know that, sure. hey, if something is happening. You know, and the case yeah. is open. You don't have to worry about your inventory possibly being thrown out because it's technically, I mean, this is how I would view it. If this makes business sense, businessly, uh, business wise, you would think that if something is open, that everything is going to be looked at. It's not going to just like go business as usual because it's still on them and their end. They they stopped you for one reason. If you're trying to resolve it and it does get resolved and they just like throw it away, it's almost like. Yeah. It, then I, I don't then I would that, assume that there would be a problem. I'm assuming. I think that there's all, also different things. Like there's some suspensions and stuff that they just remove it. So uh, removal from, I don't know. Actually, my thing is that I do have a business partner who is my wife and she deals with all the cases and all the other things and I do with product research. So, uh, great so she knows, but maybe you don't. <laughs> yeah, she knows. Maybe maybe I can put in a comment. I'll ask her. She's sleeping right now in another room, but I'll ask her That's in the no, morning. No problem. And yeah, we'll have to find out. We'll, yeah, we'll see. I might put in the comments or something like that. Uh, but yeah. So that was a hell of a... <laughs> so of your first two products, you're going through hell in high water, something that's pretty saturated. You can't get inventory to go. Or you did at one point, a blipped, you reordered, the blip was gone. So you have yeah. that inventory, you burn through that eventually. Next product, your launch, great supplement, stands out, does well, then Amazon takes you down. So yeah. two for two, basically, of like problem, solution, yeah. And then all of, it, all of a sudden now you have all these other issues. So like in the final 10 minutes and it's totally like what, so to, to you have all these products, like that's discouraging. You're like, what else can go wrong? Or why do we keep going? What's that moment like for you, that decision and then pushing on moving forward and then being successful and finding other products that are going to still yield results. Yeah. Uh, Going on, that's a great question. I'm I'm still struggling with understanding what, I guess, persistence. And uh, uh, I see that it works. When I see something works and I see that uh, we can make it work. And I'm like, okay, maybe this is a product. Maybe we did that. We made mistakes. And I take all every mistake, every mistake I made was my mistake. 
from mm -hmm. picking up the wrong product to putting some claims and not reading term of service correctly. So I understood that these are issues, but I have, I understand what works there. Well, many people don't still, and I understand that they need to make uh, process stands out. I need to spend a little bit of time thinking about those products, asking people about what, what they want, what they don't want. And then I can like even launch with zero reviews, even in the competitive markets of supplements. I did that over and over again. I did it about four times launching product that would be just in a very saturated market. And uh, because it stands out and speaks to people, it was just people buy it with zero reviews. So for me, I understood the system. That's why I did not want to move somewhere else. And I did drop shipping. I knew how hard to, to make it work with Facebook and stuff like that. Like driving through Facebook and Amazon is so easy. You, you sort of rank and uh, if you have a good product, people will buy it. So that was, that was completely different. And we had a process, we had a system and uh, it helps us. And uh, still right now we're moving out of the supplement space and we're uh, building other brands right now because supplements are saturated and there are some Chinese sellers are going and just leaving you better reviews. So all, all those kind of things happening in supplement space that I'm just a little bit tired of, but I still like creating products. So um, I still use the same principles to launch new products. We have team now, we have processes. Uh, I... Yeah, I delegate more of it because right now I'm more enabler than operator. Like I recorded everything I did with all of this and then I have an amazing team of people who I enable to, to do this very well. And I just help them out and uh, oversee it and uh, support. That's amazing. Yeah. So, and that's where the podcast came from is you needed something to hold you accountable, both the successes and the failures too. So you're still figuring this out, right? Like this is something yeah. that's not, this I'm, is not like an endpoint, like, no. And everyone lived happily ever after. This is like, no. and this is what's still happening. Yeah. And <laughs> to I, be determined. Right I should make a disclo this disclaimer right away. You, you <laughs> usually invite some amazing people who are like millionaires making lots of money. I'm not that. So if you watch for 15 minutes thinking that. I'm She's like, yeah, not. what's next? When does it happen? When's the turning yeah. point? And they were like, nope, that's it. Ah, uh, damn. <laughs> we, no, so no. Definitely, that's definitely the beauty of your, Yeah. Well, that's the beauty of this show. Yeah, I was gonna say you're profitable, you're growing, you're still finding success, but you've also found it through failure. So that's kind of the yeah. beauty of having you on in this capacity is like it's not just sunshine and rainbows, and it's not an instant success. Again, throwing stuff on Amazon is not an instant success. It's a very much a trial and error and then failure, and then yeah. try again, find success, and then fail even bigger. And like yeah. you said, it's the up and ebb and flow of everything. And that's what's scary for you. I, honestly for myself or for any other person who's thinking about getting an Amazon is, you know, there is that potential of being a failure and losing lots of money. And then people just don't have that. I mean, like in a time of, you know, a pandemic or whatnot, people just don't have jobs and they just don't have the capital to do that. Or you invest your life savings and some people are just lucky. You can invest outside capital and pay them back and then use those funds and reinvest in yourself. And not everyone gets the opportunity. So when, you talk to people and they're like listening to you like, and your point of me trying to sell on Amazon now is still what? Like where, where's the points? So like, what do you tell people in that capacity? Uh, for people who are struggling and they're thinking, wow, this is my life savings. And uh, I don't know if, if, if I should do it. That's a very legit question. And everyone should think for themselves. For us, it was about the uh, risk and reward. So I always look for asymmetric risk. I look for that reward is much higher than the risk. So for me, spending $10,000 is a lot, but I know that having a life of freedom, I'm able to travel around the world, spend time with my son every day, just being happy and uh, creating something cool that I can tell on stories on a podcast, for me, that is more important than than the money because the upside is so much more. But if you're just starting out and you're like, wow, I'm scared, I understand that. And I, I think that you should find community that can support you. These days, you need support system. You need somebody who can keep you accountable, somebody who knows Amazon well to sort of do it with you because first products a lot, fail a lot. So that's why for me, my accountability tool is my podcast because at some point I was like, I need to scale to 10 million. I don't have a lot of people who can who can give me advice, so I will just share my failure, share my numbers, share everything, and I'm sharing every week. Is like, oh, today, like uh, this week, I was I was just recording episode before, so I was like, 
something happened and we get deranked with one of our products. And I'm just saying that. It's not good saying that. No, feel good about it. I'm like, we lost a couple, uh, uh, I don't know, usually we make this much. Here we lost like a thousand bucks this week. I don't feel good because we need to order new products. And I share all of this because I mm-hmm. want this to be raw because people don't do that. We only hear those success stories. And then for another another side, I would interview people who are making hundreds of millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars. I would be like, uh, I usually ask, what advice would you give me? Here's where I'm at. Here's where you are at. Right. Tell me, what advice would you give me? And uh, that would have been a blessing. I, I met so many amazing people. I got so much great advice. And I'm able to use that advice and to show people this advice. So they they walk this walk with me. They're like, okay, we're in the same position. And I totally ask them, like, I need to know from this guy, what would he do? And then they would use that advice as well, which I think is very very good i at least i'm getting some nice messages from people saying that helped me a lot i was in the same position i was struggling the same way you were and then when you interviewed this guy he said that that something's like something clicked in my head and i was able to turn it around and for me this is what matters like when people tell me that i mean like this is all this is this is what i'm doing well that's amazing and like i said like you sharing that openly even like even potentially having your competitor finding you and just like watching you and like see what you do and kind of being open and honest with people is a possibility, but you're trying to be open and honest and keep yourself accountable. I think that's a very legitimate way to, you know, push yourself moving forward and 10 million. I'm assuming for everyone out there, 10 million is the number you want to eventually be eight figure seller. Correct. I'm assuming that's a end goal of all of this. Of course, that would be fantastic. And, I think that's a natural like capping point, like to be determined, like this story will continue to ebb and flow. Like where, where do people follow your journey? Like pick your brain. If they have advice, like reach out to you. Like what, where do the people go for that? Yeah. If you go to 10, one, zero, 10 million journey.com, uh, there's like links to Instagram, to Facebook. You can reach me out there. You can reach me out by my email, Anatoly at 10millionjourney.com if you have any specific questions. But uh, podcast, you can leave me a voice memo. I usually play them in a show and answer your questions. So yeah, 10 million journey. Easy. And I'll put that in the comment right now. So for people who are watching, go ahead and check out Anatoly in his 10 million journey. Again, it's... Uh, I put it on all of our social channels. So make sure you click on that. Go ahead and subscribe to him again. Follow him on Instagram. I believe also on Facebook. Yeah. You're, you're personally on Facebook too. So uh, with that being said, Hey man, thanks so much for hopping on. No, you have other things to do tonight and it's super late on your end. So it's almost Saturday. Yeah. Uh, and then again, France, uh, Francois, Francois just started his own podcast. So you guys should connect to make sure that uh, you guys can talk and uh, share your stories with each other. Amazing, so yeah, yeah. Francois, Francois, good luck with that, and yeah, let's let, let's chat. I've been uh, on his show, and like, and, and, yeah, I, I'm I'm due to be on yours pretty quickly, I believe. Uh, yeah. But uh, Francois is also a great um, conversation to be had. So again, for anyone else who's listening to this, uh, again on either Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or Twitter, thanks so much for joining us today. And totally, it's been a pleasure you know, hearing your story again, is a to be determined, like it's not sunshine and rainbows, like cap it off. And like you've retired and exited your business and, you know, you're going to invest in do something else, but you know, it's a process, right? It's a, you've been doing this for a couple of years, but you're going to find your way. And I'm excited for you and, uh, you know, good luck with the rest of your journey. And we'll have to have you on as like an update, almost like a, where are Let's we do at? It. Like, <laughs> cause Let's we just it. like, what I, I, everyone's doing the, year in covid like everyone officially shut down a year ago today <laughs> or yesterday oh really never wow. yeah well, well i say in the united states are like this is when it officially started because we shut down everything and i'm like okay uh, that's great like thanks for reminding us all for this last <laughs> shitty year so but anyways yeah congratulations on that be safe traveling out there uh thank indonesia you. sounds amazing bali sounds amazing so thank you everyone keeps saying like eh, travel when we can and once that happens, it'll be yeah, awesome. So awesome. yeah, keep up doing an amazing job, man. I love your podcast and I, I appreciate I follow it. it. And yeah, you're you're amazing and what you do is really, really good. Thank you for bringing so much value to people all around the world. I appreciate the kind words. Thank you so much. And same with you. Yeah, keep up the good work on the podcast and uh we'll be in touch for sure. For sure. Awesome. All right. And thanks, Anatoly, again for everyone. Uh that was Anatoly uh with Tim Million Journey. Go ahead and subscribe to his podcast or follow him on social media on LinkedIn or excuse me, on Instagram or on Facebook. I'm Ryan Kramer. This is Friday, so I'm going to sign off. I'm excited to uh 
jump into Clubhouse probably later today. So if you're on Clubhouse, make sure you join uh, and follow us, uh, or I should say myself, at Ryan Kramer. Um, but yeah, if you have other questions or you have other ideas or questions, Anatoly, go ahead and tag him in those social posts. We'll make sure that he gets uh, those questions answered, and then he'll put some of his uh, products that he mentioned as well in the show notes as well. So if you are, uh, again, watching this live, we appreciate your time spending with us today. Uh, if you're downloading this, thank you so much. Go ahead and re leave a, a review on where you're listening, the podcast, whether it's Apple, Google, Facebook, or excuse me, uh, Spotify or Google Podcasts or anywhere else that you're listening to podcasts. Just leave a nice review. Hopefully, if you like what you hear, give comments on each episode. But I'm Ryan Kramer for Crossover Commerce. We appreciate your time spending with us uh, in our corner of the internet. I appreciate you guys, the listeners, uh, for listening to another episode. Again, so episode 74 of Crossover Commerce. We'll catch you guys next time, live next week on the show. Take care.